What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. Hey guys, happy Wednesday. It is Rachel Silver Cohen and Dr. Boca. So you know what that means. It's another episode where we have ditched the couch. We are grabbing the mics and we are not afraid to break down all the unpolished wreckage on the corner of audacity and advice. Good morning, Dr. Boca. Good morning, Rach. How you doing? I am doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I am so excited. Um, I love our Wednesdays, as I always say, and so happy that you are here with me. I am happy too, and we are not going to beat around the unpolished bush. We're going to jump right in. I want you to share with our audience what you threw at me, I think just yesterday. I'm chomping at the bit. I can't wait, so I don't want any chit-chat. I want to get to it. Ready, set, tell our audience what we have on tap today. Damn. So one of the things that everybody, all of our listeners who's been following us forever, you all know that Rachel is obsessed with anything that has to do with death. And so one of the things that Rachel and I talked about at length is having a medium come on to our show. And that is what I have gifted her and our listeners today. So I, without further ado, am going to introduce you to Kristen Swinehart. She is a professional psychic medium. She knows the experiences of grief intimately, as well as the impact that it can have on people's lives. She lost her father when she was 18 years old, and she began to question and dive deeper into life after death. This ultimately led her to realize she's a psychic medium and can communicate with spirits on the other side. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Kristen, and this is fascinating to me, left her corporate career as an attorney to pursue helping others to move through their grief using her powerful and accurate mediumship. Now she holds group readings at corporations, works with families of high-profile individuals who have passed and helps private clients move through any form of grief they may be experiencing from the loss of a job to the loss of a loved one. So without further ado, welcome Kristen and all the people that you're bringing with you into this room if anyone decides to join us. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm so excited that you guys are this excited to have a medium on here. <laughs> it doesn't take much to excite us, but this I have not seen Rachel and this is the God's honest truth. Have not seen Rachel this excited in a very long time. And as such, I want you to know that you're probably not going to hear much of me because my guess is, knowing Rachel, she is going to ask you a billion questions and dominate this entire conversation. So, Rach, I'm leaving it up to you to start. Okay, well, you said it first, so I have carte blanche. Don't get <laughs> mad at me if I monopolize. Kristen, thank you for being here. And I just want to say, you know, I joke around that, like, I'm this ghoul and I'm fascinated with death. And I guess I am only because it's really, for me, knowledge is power. I guess death is something that, because I am such a control freak, it's the one topic that I guess none of us in this stratosphere, I guess, or in the physical world have control over. So it's just my way of trying to micromanage what I can't micromanage. And I'm fascinated. It's not even so much that I have so many questions for people in my world that are deceased, although, I mean, I could come up with some. I really just have such broad stroke interest in 
what it is you're able to tap into. And it's just something that I guess I'm so far removed from what it even means that that's what kind of sparks my desire to learn. So thank you. I'm thrilled you're here. But I guess like if you're a psychic, you should know that already. (laughs) Is that like question number one from like idiots like me? Like if you're psychic, don't you already know? I do get that sometimes. People are like, oh, but you already knew that. Like I encountered a woman and she was like, oh, my name is so-and-so. And And she's like, oh, but if you're a psychic, you already knew that. And I'm like, I don't go around knowing everything about everybody. Right. (laughs) Thank you for thinking I would do that. Well, again, as a layman, I guess we would all think that that someone who proclaims to be a psychic medium just is omnipotent and knows all. So I guess the first thing I'm going to ask you is like, what exactly is a psychic medium? Is a medium different than a psychic? Why don't we just start with that in and of itself? Yes, great starting question, because this can be confusing. And I actually did not know this until I started actually realizing I was a psychic medium, that there was even a difference. So a psychic knows past, present, and future about a person who's alive. Like I could tap into your energy field, give you information about past, present, future, information about yourself. A medium connects to spirits who have passed and are on the other side. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Not all psychics are mediums, but all mediums are psychics. Okay, hold on. Let us, I have to decompress that. Let me say it again. I know there might be a quiz at the end of this. Right, Not all psychics are mediums but all mediums are psychics. That is correct. Yep, you got that right. (laughs) So that means that not all people who are psychics can cross over to the spirits on the other side, but all that that are mediums who can cross over to the other side and get the spirits from there can also do past, present, and future. Correct. Yes. Okay. That's to like pay attention to how somebody might be positioning themselves. Because if they say they're a psychic, then it doesn't necessarily mean that they can connect to past loved ones, right? And I think a lot of people don't know that when they go into a psychic, they're thinking, oh, I want to connect to my past loved one. And they don't know that there's actually a difference. How are we substantiating that? Because you say so, or because like there was a class you took and now you can do both, but others can't like, in a way, it's sort of like your field is recession proof and there's no way to justify anything because how do you really know? And again, I want to preface all this by saying I am such a literal person. So it's like, I want to see the I's dotted and the T's crossed. How do we know that like tomorrow we couldn't find someone who's a psychic that didn't have medium powers, if you will, and then all of a sudden they do? So help me kind of break that down a little bit. So I would say that a lot of it's practice, right? Everybody has intuition and the ability to tap into things, right? And I think the best example is, is that if you ever said, oh, I should have trusted my gut, right? That's Mm -hmm. all intuitive power. So we all have that to an extent. Some people just have it more so than others. Just like everybody could probably play basketball, right? But then you're going to have somebody like a Kobe Bryant who has more talent and practice and more skills. So the same thing is with mediumship. Now, I believe that you can continue to practice and get better. So if somebody was a psychic and wanted to work on their mediumship, I believe that they could do it. However, I totally get that. Like, I had never been to a psychic or a medium before I knew I could do this because I didn't know how do you find somebody that's like real? How would I know if they're telling me the truth? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I was very fearful. And not until I started this work did I actually have a reading when I was in a class. And for me, what's very important as the attorney is that I have Mm -hmm. evidence. And so I really studied an evidential mediumship, which means that I bring through evidence from your loved ones that there is no way I could know. 
So for example, I met this woman, we were having a conversation and she, we were talking about mediumship and all of a sudden I said, yeah, you know, it'd be like, I use evidence, like you had a a green Cadillac and she was like, oh my God, did you know that that was the car my dad gave me when I was a kid? Like I just threw that out as an example, but that was actually very accurate for her. So So, sorry, I'm interrupting because I'm like, (laughs) first of all, I just want to thank Dr. Boca because not only am I so excited that this is happening right now, but the fact that you just said, because you're an attorney, even though you don't practice now and you're evidence-based, this is so my wheelhouse because I guess as unpolished as I may be, being cynical about this stuff, even though I'm so obsessed with learning about it, kind of is part and parcel. So the fact that you're throwing out words like evidence-based and proving and all that, like hook, line, and sinker, sign me up. I'm into it. But I want to back up because when you said you didn't even know that you could do it, I'm sure people have asked this question time and time again. So we're going to ask it here. In the bio that Dr. Boca read, you said you were 18 years old when your father passed away. And that's when you started wanting to have questions answered and so on and so forth. So am I to believe that you didn't even know you had this quote unquote power until you were 18? I discovered this actually in my late 30s that I had this ability. But when I was 18, I couldn't understand that we just live a life and die and then that's it. And I've also seen a lot of people go to a job that they hate every day, come home and then die. And I was like, this just makes no sense. Is this how this works? So from that time until in my late 30s, when I actually discovered this, I discovered this at about 38. um, I had done a lot of personal development work. So everything from taking courses, reading books, spiritual development, all kinds of things. And then one point in one of these spiritual journeys where I was working with a Peruvian shaman, I said to him, do you think I could be a medium? Because I just feel like I have information that I shouldn't have. And he was like, "Mm mm-hmm. And that was it. And then I said, I think I'm afraid of it. And he goes, "Mm mm-hmm. And that was it. So then I started studying this because I was like, well, I got to figure this out. And then that's what happened. I started studying and practicing. And then I discovered I really could talk to the other side. What does that mean that you started studying this? Like, do I open a book? Like, I want to do this maybe-ish. I don't know. But like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I know how to do some, like, be a psychologist. Like, I went to school and I studied and I practiced and I worked with patients under the supervision of somebody. But how do you learn how to do this? What does that even mean? Yes. So... I literally did like a Google search on finding things on mediumship. And I came across a woman who was very high up in the Navy and then became a medium. And so I thought, well, I'll relate to her because that is a very logical left brain person doing something very different. So that I literally took her online course, did the exercises, did all the practicing. Then I went back to that shaman and said, hey, I've been practicing. I think I'm kind of like understanding more. And then he introduced me to now a very good friend, but a mentor. And I started taking her classes and And so truly it is, if you take classes and you practice, it is like anything else that you would learn. And if you already innately have more of this intuitive ability, it's going to be easier, but anybody can learn it. It's just going to be practice. Kristen, when you just hit the nail on the head relative to the word innately, because even though I love this, I'm not going to sit and study it. Okay. I'm just going to call you and you're just going to do the work for me. Now that you know that you have this power, this is your thing. This is your, you know, special, whatever. Looking back prior to 18 or 32 or whatever, are there moments in your life that now you can connect the dots and say like, oh my God, I knew that, but I just didn't know that I knew that. Yes, you just worded that perfectly for how I would answer this is that 
I am very claircognizant. Claircognizant means clear knowing. So how would you ever know that you know things that other people don't know, right? Because it's not like I didn't see dead people walking around. I didn't hear things, you know, nothing like that. But I'll be the person that somebody could sit next to on a plane. You'll tell me your entire life story. I'll give you some answers. And you'll be like, oh, my God, you told me everything I needed to hear today. I feel so much better. It's like you've known me uh, my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yep, that happens a lot. And I never knew what that was. And then once I discovered this, I was like, oh, that's what that is. I've been claircognizant this entire time. Wait, I'm claircognizant. People say that to me all the time. I thought it was just because I'm a psychologist. I mean, people come and tell me shit all the time. I say something to them and I'm like, they, they like gravitate to me. Is that like a thing that they, they come to me? I know people's life story in 15 minutes. Then I'll say something that they think is so profound, which like really you could have found in a Cracker Jack box and they feel like I really know them. So is that like that or yes. am I just wanting it to be that? No, I believe that that is that because to you, it seems like they could have found it in a Cracker Jack box, but you probably are tapping into some other information that you're just giving to them. And it's easy because you're connected that way. And I think that it's important to be on like a podcast like this, where it's bringing awareness to things that people may have, but have no idea what it is, but to bring like, Hey, that's claircognizant. Like you're actually tapping in and bringing in information from other places. So while we're on the topic of like Claire's, right? (laughs) In the little bit of research that I've done, thought it was just like clairvoyant, period, end of sentence. Now I'm learning that like Claire's branches out. It's it's claircognizant, clairvoyant, Claire, whatever the one is about hearing, audio or audible or something like that. And being clairvoyant, is that too mixed in with like, you can't be a psychic medium without having your Claire's, but you can have Claire's without being a medium or a psychic? So there are five main clairs, and that is how people can receive the information on when they're a psychic or a medium. So people will say like they've been to the clairvoyant, but really that's not true. That just means somebody that can see something. So clairvoyance is clear seeing, Mm -hmm. but really mediums and psychics can have all of those clairs combined. Now I would imagine, and I don't really know this, but like, I don't know if you could have, I mean, if you just had some of the clairs. I would also think you have the psychic and mediumship stuff, you know, as well. So I'm not really sure how that intertwines. I don't feel like they're separate. I feel like it's together. They just okay. may not have learned it. They they may not have studied to have honed in on all their, you know, their psychic stuff, but they at least are tuned enough, it sounds like, to their Claire's because they are Claire already. It sounds like it, what you're saying probably is true. They just aren't aware yet. Correct. That sounds right. So I'm just laughing at myself because whenever I hear the word Claire, like I'm going to date myself, but I can't help think of like Claire. That's a fat girl's name. <laughs> That's oh from um, the Breakfast Club, right? Yes, Rachel. That's the only Claire I know, right? So you can tell, obviously, that I don't have any kind of clairvoyant whatever other than just the interest in learning. What I want to mention before I really start firing off the questions, to your point before when Dr. Bo said, oh, I'm like this. People tell me their stories and it's like I've known them forever and so on and so forth. I have also heard a lot and not to undermine the craft that you have because I buy what you're selling big time. But they do say that there is some type of overlay or commonality between therapists or life coaches or, you know, the woo-woo, rah-rah, let's all get together and we'll be, you know, team builders with 
mediums or psychic ability or whatnot, because what you're doing when we talk about that intuition or following your gut is you're just helping whomever the client or the patient is tap into, I suppose, what they already know. Am I off on that or am I sort of on track or what are your thoughts on that, Kristen? Yeah, I feel that that's correct, that we're here to help other people learn how to use their intuition better or help them bring up the knowledge that they already know. Like, I don't want people to necessarily be reliant upon to me to always be helping bring them information. A lot of things that I, when I work with people, I try to point out like, okay, so this is actually what's happening right now so they can understand. So if they have that experience in the future, then maybe they can start to learn like, oh, when I see 1111, it does make me think of my mom, you know, or whatever these things are. So then they can have that kind of sense of relief for themselves. So yeah, I think it's just helping people facilitate and understand how to to navigate their own intuitive abilities. Are all mediums made the same per se? Meaning like, do you have your own unique angle on the work you do or one's a medium, we're all a medium? I believe every medium works differently. Again, I always use just basketball as an analogy, right? Like some are going to be have different skill sets or be stronger in one area than another. And so a spirit works with us in different ways. So for example, because I practice law, a lot of times I will get examples or things like, oh, hey, what's going on with that estate that didn't get handled correctly, right? So it's like like the library of information of everything I've ever learned in my entire life is now in my mind. I know cars very well and I know sports very well. So I often have a lot of cars, sports, and actually music references. And people will say, well, why do you always have those references? I say, it's because I know that stuff and spirit knows if they give me that, I understand it. So mm-hmm. not every medium is going to know a whole lot on sports. I can promise you that. <laughs> Well, it's interesting to go back to the question. These two questions kind of tie together, Rach, when you were saying a lot of therapists or woo-woo people or cheerleaders or whatever um, are tend to be more, you know, psychic medium or whatever, one variation of the other. I would say that the same kind of thing happens with my patients. I get specific types of issues that consistently come up in my practice. And I think it's because that's something that I can, you know, I understand when they give me that verbiage, either from my own experiences or from my expertise in training. So I think that that is kind of true. It's like you're pulling from the stuff that you're best at. The other piece of this is it's interesting as the mental health and society as a whole has moved more towards a somatic way of being, which is, and when I say somatic to our listeners, I mean connected to self and body versus just in our heads, right? And so I think that people are becoming more attuned to being familiar with feelings. We've lived such disembodied lives for so long and our phones make us even more detached that what you're picking up on a lot, Kristen, is those intuitive feelings that people have and you're helping them understand, oh, when you feel something like that, that is your gut telling you that X, Y, and Z is communicating to you. So I guess what I'm basically saying is that your craft is very similar to some of the craft that I do. It's just couched in a very different way. And for some people, it's the way that speaks to them. And you have a gift that you can, as Rachel started this with, that when they are kind of on the other side, right, that it becomes fascinating because nobody can really conceptualize and understand what happens. This is giving people a gift of connecting with something that they would never otherwise be able to connect to and then helping them then move forward from there, not having to rely on you, but relying on that intuitive self that they have. So 
I just wanted to put that in there to put a psychological spin on it. And I also think that that's a really valid point in the sense that some people are honestly freaked out to come talk to me, right? Mm -hmm. They don't want to deal with talking to the dead, but a therapist is something that's more pragmatic in our society where you can go to a therapist and that's okay. And it's not as odd or weird. So different strokes for different folks, right? And, And you could start with the therapist and then progress down the road and then go, you know what, now maybe I do want to see that that yeah. psychic medium. It's, it's a great thing to do in tandem sometimes, because sometimes when I do work with people with grief, there is that last hole that needs to be filled, which is like kind of getting that piece of closure that so many people search for. And you can sometimes offer that in that process. So, oh, I love this. This is fun. Okay, I'm ready to just rock and roll. Oh Dr. my gosh. Okay, shut up right now. Okay, <laughs> right. I'm just going for it. Okay, <laughs> for it. so Kristen, my first question is, or I should back up by saying here on Unpolished Therapy, we say a lot like cliches we can't stand, right? But how do we not talk about that we hear a lot in your field? The signs are there, just look for them, right? Or they're around you and you just have to look and keep your eyes open or be quote unquote open. So I don't even really know what that means other than I put it in the category of like, sometimes if I'm like, oh, I got the chills on that. Like A, I want to know like, what does that mean? Did someone show up to say hi to me? Number two, if I'm thinking about someone, let's say, and then the phone rings and it's that person. And I'm like, oh my God, I was just thinking of you. I was going to call you. And then we're both like, oh my God, I love when that happens. You know? But it <laughs> like happens that. all the time. It I happens know. all the time to or me. There's, yeah. there's something like that. And that does happen a lot too. Or if, I guess in that column of when I'm around certain people, right, you just get this like high vibration energy. This is such a dumb example, but I remember specifically I had when I was in my office and I've worked in a physical office since before COVID, but we had like the IT guy, okay, who was like this old man. He worked for the company for a million years. And of course, because I'm technologically challenged, every other minute I'm calling him up, John, I need help with my computer. John, I need help with my computer. I think John hated my gut. But every time John would like lean over me and like grab the mouse and try to finagle around on my keyboard or whatever, I would like get the chills a little bit. Like I like John. No, no, no. I mean, John's like 112. (laughs) Okay. But in a way, like I kept saying, is that the silver lining to the fact that my computer's broken all the time because I need John to come over. And then all of a sudden I'm getting like this tingling feeling, like walk me through that. What does that mean? And go back to cliches and signs and images and 1111 and birds. And what is all this woo woo woo? (laughs) Gosh, I mean, you were really asking the questions. Uh, no, this is oh, great. She does not restrain herself. <laughs> oh, and I haven't all. even gotten started. I haven't even gotten started. Well, I think I first of all, I believe that this signs and things of that nature. A lot of people maybe don't believe it, and if you start to believe and just be open, I know that sounds like. Well, what does that even mean? It's that I believe we don't even know what else is possible, and who are we to think that we know everything and that you know we actually know how everything happens? So what I started to learn was that if I were just to open and be like, "Oh wow, that is interesting, I see eleven eleven or like what am I thinking when I see eleven eleven right so for signs so for example, my dad's birthday was nine eleven and it happens to be that almost any time I look up in the morning at the clock, it's nine eleven so now I really have a thing where I feel like my dad says hello to me in the mornings when I see the clock at nine eleven 
And, and it's not like I wait for the clock to turn or anything. It just happens. But is to that be because, but is that because you made a conscious decision? I know we talk a lot about, we have free will and we have the choice to make the choices or the beliefs that we have. So is that your personal belief that that's what that means, that your dad is saying good morning to you? It is my personal belief. And I believe that when we work with spirit and loved ones and the universe in that way, that we will get different signs of that nature. So it's kind of funny. I had a mentor who is also very intuitive and can channel messages. But when her mom passed, she was like, I don't believe in the signs and the butterflies and all the things. And I said, but what if you did believe? Like, what if you just trusted that when you see those things, that 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 could be her? So she started to like check in and then she would be reporting back and be like, oh my God, you're not going to believe what I saw. I'm actually starting to believe it. So part of it is to just be open because then we get more of it. If we just discount all of it, number one, we'll never see it. And then they w- we won't get those signs. But the more you see and believe, the more you're going to get. Okay. And that's fine. But when you were just saying that, the first thing that came into my mind is, let's say that I was with this client of yours, right? And now she's buying into the butterfly shtick, right? But Mm -hmm. what if I'm with her too, and I've now bought in, and there's one butterfly, and she's like, oh my God, that's my person. And I'm like, well, no, that's my loved one. I mean, how do you discern between who gets to tap in And who is now waiting on the sidelines for the loved one in like the next quarter of the game? Well, yeah, you know, a lot of it to me is a feeling, right? So if you can feel into things, like sometimes I'll look at something and it could be some sign and I'll be like, oh, is that like, am I making that up or is that real? And I literally will sit there and like, let me just feel into it. And sometimes I'm like, oh no, that's not for me. So it's a practice. It's all really a practice, just like most things. So I have to interject here because as you're telling me this, you know, this story, about this woman, I'm thinking, well, if the butterfly is, you know, so for me, a butterfly is my father, okay? And I I believe that and I own that. But to me, if I was unsure and I was with you, I would say, you know, Kristen, isn't he he telling you that it's him? Like, what are you picking up? Like, aren't you supposed to be getting messages from these dead people? So is there not a message that you could ask them? Like, is the butterfly you? Is it the butterfly, your friend's father? Is is it your father, my father, whose father is it, or mother or whatever? Can't we ask? You totally can because everything is energy, right? And I think that that's the piece that a lot of people don't remember is like, although somebody's not here in physical form, their energy still is here. So you can communicate with that. Like some people will be like, oh, I feel like my dog has the spirit of my dad. And it's like, that totally could be true because of the energy of it. So I think that if you have those moments where you see the butterfly, just like connect and be like, does this feel like the energy of that? And I know that sounds like, wow, that's really out there. Who's going to stand around and want to tap into that energy? But if you just want to practice it and just try it out, I think you would really surprise yourself on what you could learn. So I want to hone in a little bit on this energy piece, because that is the one common thread I have heard time and time again, whether it is quote unquote, an energy healer I've been to, someone who does Akashic record readings, whether it is a psychic, a medium, a combination of all of it, energy that we in the physical world, we are just the quote unquote vessel, but we're all just energy from the moment we're born till the moment we leave this physical plane, right? Are we all in agreement on that piece? Yes. Okay. So with that being said, then, if we are all energy, how come then 
some people, let's say, who have crossed over, their energy here on this physical plane is stronger than another person's energy who has crossed over that we never really connect with or tap into or hear from. And I'll elaborate on that in my follow-up question, but let's start with that. So are you asking how come some people's energy can feel stronger than another person's energy when than another person's energy and they've both passed? Yeah, like I guess I'll give you an example. So I've been to a lot of different like public forum medium shows, I guess, for lack of a better word. And time and time again, I go to these events and I am fascinated and I'm paying attention and I'm listening, you know, and the guy or the gal who's the psychic medium is looking around the room and pointing and then they're stopping here and they're doing their little thing with the fingers and all that. And then boom, they stop right on the person, right? Hey, you in the back, stand up. And then they do their little thing and then they move on. Without fail, Kristen, every time I've ever been to any one of these gatherings, the person to the right and the person to the left is like getting tapped, if you will. And like they're getting the reading. And then I'm sitting there like, um, excuse me, hello, uh, grandma <laughs> or, you know, friend, what are you out to lunch? Are you on spring break? Are you taking a nap? Are you like checked out? Like, do you not want to say hi to me? So like, what is that? Do they just like, why am I glazed over? is the question. Okay. So the reason that that may happen is because there are other people, especially in that type of scenario where it's an audience setting that need the messages more than you do. So sometimes it's, and those spirits that come through, like, it's like, Hey, we got a limited amount of time. We got to get to the people that we need to get to. And so sometimes that's what happens is that those spirits really need to have an important message. You know, like sometimes, I mean, and this really could be that they know that somebody's going to have a drug overdose and they're trying to get to the person to let somebody else know, you know, so those types of things can happen. That's what I attribute it to. And it's not that they don't love you or that you don't matter to them or, you know, anything like that. It's just that there may be a higher priority, could possibly be a life or death situation too. To that point, right? So, you know, poor Rachel sitting there and what have you. And I'm picturing these like spirits, like literally fighting over each other, trying to get in line. And I don't know if that's actually how it happens or it doesn't. But what I would say is I know that the work that I do is exhausting, right? So I've got to imagine if you walk into a room and you are, let's say you've made a conscious decision to kind of be on or open, for lack of a better word, that these people can be quite intrusive. Because if there is somebody in the room who would want, you know, a message to be sent, they're going to like knock over the people ahead of them, right? So how does that work in your life? Like, I know how to shut mine off when I go home, but I don't have people calling me in the middle of the night, waking me up. And, you know, even then I can talk to them and be like, hey, boundaries. Right. Like, do you like punch in and punch out? (laughs) Right. Like, how does this work? I actually do punch in, punch out. And the boundaries example is actually what I do. So, you know, boundaries with the spirit people work as well. And at first I really didn't know, like at nighttime, I would be freaked out. Like I always joke because, you know, I'd like flip off my bedroom light and like run and jump in bed because I was like seriously afraid. But then what I learned was I didn't have boundaries. And because I was so fear-based in it that I was picking up kind of the the scary stuff. But when I got to a point of realizing like, hey, I work with that, you know, kind of love and light for lack of a better term with the love and light spirits, that that didn't happen. And I wasn't afraid anymore. So I do have boundaries, like do not bother me at two o'clock in the morning. And, you know, don't give me information when I'm at the grocery store. So it is the same thing. Like when I'm working, then I'm working, right? So um, yeah, same thing. Are you working right now? Because like my people aren't showing up. What the fuck? 
I feel like, honestly, I felt like they were showing up a little earlier today and I'm not even kidding. And so I, and this is what happens, especially because I do those same type of gallery readings that you were talking about, Rachel. So on days when I'm doing those types of events, I can feel people and things starting to show up and I'll be like, okay, come back later tonight. I promise we'll get to you, but like not right now. So I felt a little bit earlier um, so we can check it out and see. But I was like, come back later when I'm actually on the podcast. (laughs) I love that. And and they could still come back, but I want to get through some of my other questions. So hopefully they're patient up there, (laughs) which leads me to a question. Speaking of up there, I have been told that when someone crosses over from the physical world to the spiritual world, that that transition in and of itself potentially takes some time. In my literal mind, I have said to myself and also to some of my loved ones, like, all right, so like when you die, like the next day, let me know, like, let me know you're good. So like I can cross it off my list. And I've been told that like, it kind of doesn't work like that. Like they have to check in, they have to unpack a little bit. They've got to, you know, go to the grocery store. Like what exactly happens? Is it that energy needs time to get into the right sphere or state of mind, if you will, wherever they are before they can connect? Or are there like virgin spirits versus tenured spirits? How does that piece work? Well, since I haven't been there, I'm not sure how accurate my answer will be. No. Um, Which is why it's like, you're like the weatherman. Like we can't get mad at you. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. If I'm wrong, eh, well. Right. No, my understanding and and I from my experience is that I have been able to connect with spirits who have like passed like within days. I know other people who other mediums who've had people that they've been able to connect with, you know, like I don't know, same day, next day. So as far as how long it takes in the process, I do not know. But in my experience, I've been able to connect to some spirits pretty quickly after they've passed. So I don't know if they went to the grocery store and did all that very quickly or not, but... They must be related to you, Rach. They're very efficient. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) They're control freaks. Well, that leads me to my next question, which is most of the time you hear that when someone wants to connect with their loved one, it's really selfishly to, to make sure they're okay up there so that we in the physical world can be okay moving on. And I wonder, again, I preface it by saying how literal I am. If we meet and you tell me, yes, Rachel, your loved one I just connected with, they're fine, they're good, they're settled in and everything's cool. Does that mean that like for Q1 of the year, they're cool? And like, do we have to do this quarterly? Do we have to check in next year? Is this like, you know, we get our passports renewed every 10 years? Like once they're good, they're always good? Or could something happen that we have to continue to check in? What's the buy-in on that? So I say that because I was a lawyer and used to represent the living, now I represent the dead. So Mm. my job is to make sure that when I bring messages, it isn't necessarily, and I don't mean this to be like harsh, but it's not necessarily for the people in the living. Sometimes Mm. it's about the person who's on the other side that needs to Uh have something or closure. I mean, and obviously I'm helping the people in the living, like, of course, that's what I'm here doing too. But you know, a lot of times you'll have Uncle Joe, who you hated, who's going to be the first one to show up in a message because he needs to give an apology. So then once he goes through, then maybe then we might get to your mom. So it's about making sure that they're all sorted and settled as well. And then of course, helping, you know, with any questions or concerns that you may have in the living. Now, 
I, once they're there to me in spirit world, like it's just a way better place. Like nothing's going to change in six months. If I were a horrible medium and wanted a good business model, I could tell you, yes, you need to come back every three months, but I wouldn't never, because to me, once they're there and sorted and you know, that original message where they're all great, like, I believe that that's how it continues to happen now. And like, do you think it's like 75 and sunny with no humidity in like San Diego? Like, is that what, like in your opinion, and I'm going to say in your expert opinion, like you're there all the time when you're working. So like, what do you think it's like? Like, is there political discord when people cross over? (laughs) Is everyone just floating around? Like, talk to me. Like, what do you think it's like? Or what are they saying it's like there? Do we ask? I mean, do they offer? Do they, you know, sign to you? Like, hey, we're living the dream up here. You know, I'm hanging out with my ex and it's awesome. And like, there's no speed limit. I just ate, you know, 17 pieces of pizza and I had mozzarella sticks to wash it down with. And like, I didn't gain any weight the next day. Like, what are they telling you? Most of the time I'm getting, I I shouldn't say most, like any message is always going to be like, we're having a great time. I feel so much better now, like by better sometimes because they're not in their physical body. So they feel better. They're reconnected with their spouse, possibly. They're so excited to to see them again. They may have like watching over grandchildren, you know, so there's a whole bunch of other things that happen. Okay. But here's the, the cynic in me now is asking this question. So of course things are great, right? But what if we're doing a reading and what if like, it's not so great? Like, what if the person's like, dude, I am not good. Send help. Like, like, are you, <laughs> are you sharing that with whoever your client is? Or are you going to just like pretend like, hold on. So, so I got a little static here. Well, you know, we don't have a good connection and give me a minute. Or again, am I answering my own question in just that we have to believe that it's all good? How could it? always be all good 24 seven. If it is, wouldn't we all want to be there instead of being here? Well, I have heard that they sometimes say that being on earth in a physical body is actual hell. So I don't know. Yeah. So I've I've heard that. So I don't know. Yeah. So like Rach, I mean, you can ask away, right? But how could it be so good? They, it's energy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this would be my answer. Like it's energy. Energy by itself tends to be very positive. It's when we put it in with a body, we put it in with modern technology, we put it in with discord, or we put it in with different opinions and different thoughts. And the energy is all good. But when you mix it into a body, and then you put on social pressures, and you put on modern technology, and you put on the speed at which we move, and all of the external variables, that's where the interpretation of negativity, in my opinion, starts to come from. And they're free of that, right? They get to just be and kind of show up, get to make amends if they want to. They'll come to Chris and be like, knock, knock, I'm here. Tell them I'm so sorry. And then they've like freed themselves of like the last bit of like angst and yuck that they've had. Like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, Like, don't sign me up today because I would like to stay in body right now, present. But like, I don't think it's so bad up there or down there or wherever the hell people go. I don't know. But wherever the spirits are floating around, I don't think it's so bad. But maybe I'm wrong. To answer your question on part of that too as well, Rachel, is I've never had anybody tell me like, SOS, get me out of here. You know, I've never had that experience. Now, I don't know if another medium has those types of people come to to them. Maybe that's possible, but I have not had that experience. So I don't give somebody an answer that, you know, I'm not like, oh my God, I'm not telling them that. I just literally don't have them. And spirits usually only give you the information that they would want their loved one to have. Okay. That's interesting. So let's 
go back to something you said. I'll keep firing away here. Energy, right? And all the physical stuff they've left here, and now it's all just energy, and they're they're floating around. Does spirit see spirit? Like, for instance, when you said, you know, they found their spouse and they're reunited and connected. Like, do they see each other, or they just feel? the energy, like, hey, yep, that's my spouse. We were married for a million years and I know what that feels like versus my neighbor who I really liked also or my dog or my colleague. How does spirit connect with other spirit when they do, in fact, connect? Again, I don't know. Again, make it up. Weatherman quote here. (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) Right. uh, I believe it's just another feeling of, of energy and energetics connecting is my sense. It's like recognizing that imprint or that pattern of energy. I have to ask, sorry, Rach, I need to understand this. So we're guessing what's happening on the other side. And, you know, sometimes they're telling you specific for somebody else and what have you. But like, can you walk me kind of through the process of how would you know right this second if Rachel's other, whoever that other was, was like wanting to get in in this moment or if one of my people were showing up? Like, what do you feel? What do you get? How do you know? And how do you know who it goes to if you're in a room full of people? Like, help me understand that because we're trying to figure out what's happening on the other side. I want to know what's happening on this side from the other side and how that kind of plays itself out. Sure. So this is where those five clairs become very important. So for me, I have, I've worked to develop all of them. So clairvoyance is clear seeing. So I see things like in an image, I don't see like a person per se. So I might see an image pop up. And if I were like, I'm seeing a megaphone and like that represents cheerleader, right? So I'm doing a lot of interpretation for the information that I'm getting. So clairvoyant is the clear seeing. Clear audience is clear hearing. So sometimes I'll hear things, but I hear it in my own voice. So that's where mm. it can also be very confusing oh, for people mm-hmm. because I've you're like, I've heard that. Yeah. You it's hear your, it in your voice. voice. Wow. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it's like if you sang, uh, you know, your favorite song in your head, the way that you hear that, that's the same way that I hear. So it's also like, oh my God, am I thinking this or am I like actually hearing this from spirit? Clear sentience, which is clear feeling. So if somebody passed by a heart attack, sometimes they get chest pains. Uh, maybe somebody had a lot of anxiety and I can feel very anxious. So when I work with people, it's like, all right, let's just see what we have, spirit. And then I'll start getting information in some form of those and I'll start describing it. And then when I'm in a group of people, sometimes you can either kind of feel being pulled one way or I'll just start saying like, okay, this is the information I'm getting. Does anybody understand this? And then right. raise raise their hand. So that's how it works is just kind of opening up and then to see what the information is. And it can be very random stuff. And one of the most important things I learned in taking different courses is, you know, even though it's random, like you've got to say it because that can be some of the best evidence. So there'll be times where I'm like, man, there's something here with like a Wendy's Frosty. And I'm like, oh my God, my dad, we got Wendy's Frosties all the time, you know? <laughs> wow. So it's so interesting because as I'm, as I'm listening to this, I'm like, oh gosh, you know, as we train as clinicians, we have to know our shit, right? So that when we are faced with something that somebody's saying, we have to understand if the reaction that we're having is being triggered by something that's happened in our life, and then we're projecting it back to them, and it has nothing to do with them. Even though they're saying things, am I reacting to it with a transference or a countertransference in this case? Or is this really their shit? And so we have to be healthy versions of ourselves and know what our, you know, our blind spots are, what triggers us. 
it's got to be like that, I imagine, for you as well. You have to really know what's yours, especially if it's coming in in your voice and it really isn't yours or maybe it is yours. And I mean, I've got to imagine that in and of itself could drive you insane. But is that part of your training? Like you kind of have to know yourself in order to be able to do this? It is. Although I got started in this a bit later, I've been doing so much like inner inner work to clear out the blocks and the traumas and all of this for such a long time that when I finally discovered that I had this this ability is that I'm a little more open and I've removed a lot of the things that could be, you know, in the way. And so I also think that it's like a little bit cautionary with some psychics and mediums that they haven't done any inner personal development work to your point that you could absolutely be throwing up, you know, your junk on somebody else. So that's another piece that I think is really important. And I continue to do inner work all the time to just become a clearer vessel. You know what I think is interesting? I've always gotten a kick out of this. When I am observing in these larger groups, when because and I'm focusing on other people because no one's coming to talk to me from the other side. And I always get such a kick out of it. When you were saying before about like, oh, Uncle Joe's here and he wants to, you know, apologize for whatever. I'm always like, what if Uncle Joe was fucking moron on this plane, right? Like, he didn't have any knowledge or insight or wisdom. Uncle Joe sat on the couch and he got high and he drank a lot of beer and he was lazy and all that. Now, all of a sudden, he crosses over and like Uncle Joe is now like the Dalai Lama of wisdom from the other side. Like, that's something that I can just like never wrap my hands around. And it's like, yeah, Uncle Joe said that you got to open up that restaurant or you got to start that new business or you got. And I'm like, dude, Uncle Joe, I wouldn't ask <laughs> Uncle Joe for directions, let alone what I should be doing in my career choice. So what's your experience with that, Kristen? I would also be curious, like, did Uncle Joe have a lot of trauma in his childhood or something that we didn't know about? You know, like, like why did Uncle Joe become the beer drinking couch, you know, guy? And now all of a sudden, like, I feel like once you go the other side, you have an opportunity to kind of look and review and clear up those things in the past. And then he's actually connected to his higher self, which like he was obviously very disconnected from his higher self when he was here in the physical, but he still has access to that that wisdom. And I do want to say, when you go to these readings, are you open to receiving the message? Or are you a little like skeptical? Oh, Rachel's well, always skeptical. Let's I put know. That out there. Well, okay. And I'm going to be honest to say that because uh, I knew you were going to say that you have to be open, which I'm not even sure what that means. I mean, Dr. Boca says it's me all the time in every aspect of my life. You have to be open. You have to be open. And I think I am open. However, with the caveat of maybe some fear or like, I remember the last one I went to, I was as open as could be when the guy was all the way over on the other side of the room, right? But as he, as the hour went on and he made his way closer and closer to me, I could feel like my hands getting clammy. I was starting to sweat a little bit. Which my problem is like, I'm so all or none of like, oh my God, pick me, pick me. And oh my God, be careful what you wish for. It may come true. Don't pick me. Don't pick me. So I don't know. (laughs) And I will say that I've been to psychics. I am dying for my peeps to show up. And like, I'm like, Rachel, they like leave me hanging sometimes. That's not to say that they have never showed up, but like, I want as much information as I can get. And I still feel like they don't, like, they're too busy. They got other shit to do, which is comforting in its own right to me on some level. And maybe I just say this to make myself feel better. But 
it's comforting that they don't have to trample over everybody to cut the line to tell me something that I should be aware of. So I kind of reframe it and say, oh, okay, great. Like I have no big problems that they need to come to. But it would be nice sometimes for them to like show up. Like I'm the type of person in this lifetime, I show up for everybody, right? So like fucking hey, show up for me now, you know? So I, you know, I kind of put it out there as we can be open, but sometimes even openness isn't bringing what we want. Well, and I'm curious when you say you want them to show up, how is it that you want them to show up? Or like, what are you talking like when you're like at a show, like with a medium, or are you just talking about an everyday? So I'm open to, you know, they do show up. I get the 1111 and the 111, which a lot of people don't follow, but I do. I get it at least twice a day, almost every day. And it could be annoying. I could not look at my phone all day. The second I pick it up, it's 1111. But why aren't people talking about 222 or 444? Or why is it like 1111 is like... energy thing, right? Yeah, but why isn't 222? It's like 1111 is like the designer brand of the psychic connection. Everybody has different numbers that resonate with them. So we could have this conversation with three other people and say, oh yeah, I always see 222 or others are 444. Mm -hmm. So people have different numbers that resonate with them and it's different for different people. Like in 444 means that's the presence of angels around as well. Oh, well, so I want that one. Why do I get 1111 then? I mean... (laughs) If you look up all the different numbers, I mean, it's like, if you just look up what some of the different numbers mean, you'll see like, oh, that's really interesting. So you are seeing them. like yes, you are, and, and I see butterflies and I, you know, I'm open to that. And I also, I had this experience and I don't know, this is going to sound crazy, but since we're dealing with this, I can totally put it out there. I just wouldn't say it to my friends on an off day when you weren't in the room because I'll be judged. But I used to have this thing and I still sometimes have it, but in college, without fail, every time I walked on a specific street at my university, and I still to this day don't know what it is, a street light went out, okay? And at some point, it started to transfer to other streets, other places, but it was happening so frequently that I actually believe that I was having like some energetic something that was putting lights out. And I eventually I kind of flipped it and said, well, maybe somebody's sending me the energy. But I really thought that I was like emitting like a bad odor or something. And like the light bulb didn't want it. But I've been very cognizant of that. I also have the um, when I'm thinking of somebody and I literally could like have not seen the person in forever. And I will say their name, think about something or whatever, and it will happen. And just to that one point, the way that this podcast came about was all because I woke up one morning and said, I want to do a podcast, give or take, not knowing what a podcast was. And I didn't know Rachel very well. We were neighbors, but I did not know her other than having taken a yoga class and done. we were on a charity event on a board together. But I didn't really have a relationship with her. And the second I thought I wanted to do this, the first person I thought of was Rachel, who I hadn't seen in forever. And I wasn't even sure she knew who I was. And I held off. I was not my impulsive self. I was talking to my next door neighbor. Her name came up in such a roundabout way, nothing to do with a podcast. And then the next day, her name came up again. And I was like, okay, I'm jumping on this. This is a sign. I reached out to her and the rest was history. So like, is that an energetic type of thing? Back to the question we had said before about like chills or if the phone rings and you're like, oh my God, I was just going to call you. Like, how do you tie that all together? 
Uh, yeah, I believe it's all energetic. I don't know exactly how all of that works, but I also am of the opinion that if I had the same scenario and I heard Rachel's name several times, I'd be like, all right, I need to pay attention. And I believe one of the biggest things we can do to help ourselves with this is just paying attention, mm-hmm. right? We're just so closed off and numbed out and you know blindfolded on that we miss all of these other things that could actually be giving us helpful information. Like the universe wants things to be easy for us. We're the ones that are like, I know I heard Rachel's name six times, but I'm I'm not going to pay attention because I'm not supposed to do a podcast. You know, like, okay, you're in your own way. (laughs) Right. So then to go back to, was I open? I'm open, but I'm sitting here saying, well, Kristen, it's much easier if you just ask them when they show up. Like if they would just show up, then I can ask them all the questions rather than me having to figure out like, okay, so the butterflies here, you're here for me. Is there like a message in there? Oh, wait, I'm going to hold off on that message and I'm going to send you a street light that's going off. And now you're going to figure out what that street light going off means, right? I know they're around me, but what do they want me to know? That's what I keep wanting. Mm, That to me feels like sometimes just getting quiet with it, right? Like if you do a meditation practice or anything of that nature, like if you ask the specific question and then just get quiet enough to be able to get that information, or again, when those things are happening, stop long enough to be like, okay, what are you trying to tell me right here? Or what am I supposed to be getting? And I I feel like being patient. And I know, yes, it's a whole lot easier if I deliver the message. Yeah. Great. Right. And also it's way more empowering when you can start to figure out a lot of these things on your own too. And then you have that access at all times. I know there's no guarantees in life except for death and taxes, right? But if someone were to come to you, like, is there a guarantee that there's going to be any kind of message at all? Because I'm thinking you're saying, all right, Dr. Boca, you're tired of just seeing the butterfly or the streetlight or whatever. You basically want what I would want, like the fast pass. Like I'm going to sit down with Kristen. Kristen, ready, set, go. What do my people want to tell me? But then what? Like, now, I'm assuming sometimes the message is not what you think the message is going to be. And it may be in a completely different way. But what if like, if you're like, you know what, I'm tapped out today, lady. Sorry, I got nothing. Does that ever happen? Or is there always some type of takeaway? So in my experience, I've been fortunate where I have not had a case where, well, maybe there's been some readings where it's been maybe a little bit off here and there, like in the sense of like, am I really getting anything? A lot of times it has to do with also who I'm working with. So if they're very skeptical or if they've got a very tough energy to work with, that's, it's a lot harder. And um, even when you do get things that could be resonating, it's sometimes like, no, not really, you know, like, so it's just mm-hmm. like, and, and on that, in that level, I'm like, okay, look, I, there are people who actually want to work with me. I don't want to be forcing this on you if you're not truly interested. So that leads me to my next question, which ties in beautifully with the fact that you practice law for many years and you're evidence-based. I'm like that too. And I have my own set of checks and balances for the good and for the bad. How do you, in this field that can be very intangible, if you will, how do you define and then further measure success for yourself? You know, I feel like if I just have clients at the end of the reading that like there are things that there there would be absolutely no way I would know. And then they give me that piece of like, wow, that's, you know, exactly the thing, right? So that's part of it. And then, I mean, and to me, that's like success that spirit is, continues to work through me. And I'm I'm always like to say, you know, it's not me. Spirit is just using me to get a message through. And so I give like that acknowledgement because I'm very grateful that 
for whatever reason, spirit has opted to use me as one of the messengers. But yeah, to define and measure success that way, I mean, you know, it's having clients that got a message that something, you know, my happiest time is I get a text message after a reading they'll be like, oh my gosh, that thing you were talking about, I checked with my sister and she had that same, you know, like whatever it is. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know? And so that to me is success. I love that answer. Thank you. Not, and again, there's no right or wrong, but weatherman. (laughs) <laughs> well, the weather, but it spoke to me because mm-hmm. I love the fact that even though to me, it seems like law and this are so completely opposite ends of the spectrum. I'm just sort of obsessed with the fact that still you somehow tie it together. And I appreciate that off of the specifics and evidence base. I kind of feel like I have to ask the question on behalf of our listeners out there. How does religion play into this, if at all? Yeah, so it's that's very interesting because some people absolutely come out and say I'm doing the devil's work and that's fine, you know, they're entitled to their opinion and that's okay. I believe that there's definitely a higher power and think that I'm just open in that people can believe whatever they want to believe. It's okay if they don't believe in what I do, you know. And I believe that as long as I'm working and trying to serve in the highest good for all involved, that that's all I can say. And so, yeah, I know a lot of religions are like you're definitely doing the devil's work, but that's not my intention. You know, my intention is purely to work and help and help heal people to any capacity. Not that I'm a healer, right? But that Mm -hmm. I can help them in some form. And I think that, you know, we're given gifts and we, you know, have an inkling of an urge to do something. And then we go to our craft and we specialize in our craft and we figure it out. And we're not here to judge other people's crafts, whatever that is. I'm just curious, though. We live in, in a society that is very judgmental. And I'm wondering how the people around you receive this transition and how you've kind of stepped into this new career as you've identified it um, or new passion, however you want to phrase it. How did people receive this after, you know, you had gone to law school and you've become a lawyer and now you're like, oh, you know what? I have this gift and I'm going to do this. And I don't know how I'm going to make money relative to law, but this is where my calling is. How did that all go down and how has it been for you? Yeah. I mean, obviously that's a really interesting one when people are like, wait, that doesn't even make sense. And I'm like, I know I'm just as shocked as you are. But I would say that a lot of the signs were actual like burnout in my job to the point of like, I couldn't get out of bed because I was so burnout. I couldn't, you know, like, so sometimes physically spirits just like, listen, we're going to make it so you actually cannot physically do this job. So that is always one sign that I pay attention to when my physical health starts to go because of something. And it's because I was doing this on the side and knew that I could do readings and things. I was doing a little bit, but not as much as I could. And so then I was like, I really need to do this aspect of it. And so then making that transition was definitely a little bit tricky, but also so rewarding. Like, you know, the day that I quit my job, my last day, I got an invitation to work at an event for something else. And when I went there, this is where I met this woman who like was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I told her, so she literally invited me on her clubhouse and then talked about me to her real estate team. So like by the time I left this event, I had already made more money from people booking readings in that day than I had at my corporate job. And so I was like, all right, well, spirit's on my side. And, you know, not about the money, right? But that it was a sign that like, look, you're trusting it and we're going to support you in this. So it's definitely interesting. People are like, wait, now you do what? I'm like, I know it's odd. And I believe it also gives other people permission who are in 
very left brain careers to step out and do something different. And that I know is part of my purpose as well is to kind of be the bridge. Yeah. And I was going to say like, what an amazing gift you are giving people to model that and forget about left brain, right brain, you know, whatever it is, what you basically did and modeled is what we say to our patients all the time. It's kind of like fear holds us back and we don't listen to our bodies oftentimes and we're not aware of what that gut feeling or, you know, when we're living in that anxious state. And we always say that it's these feelings that contribute to, you know, medical problems inside of us. And so you gave permission and you went with taking that risk. And we always say that, like, if you can get rid of the fear and take that risk, that the rest will come. You'll be opening that next door and you'll reap the benefits of that that you would never would have reaped because you stayed behind what felt safe or what society said. So kudos to you for listening to yourself and then following the passion and following what you knew intuitively would work at some level. And you prove that it does come back in abundance. So I love hearing that. And I appreciate seeing somebody who's done that and somebody who's done it in such a successful position and who has put so much time into a career, i.e. law, and left that, which would be the more bizarre way of going about it. So kudos. Thank you. And the ironic part really is that when I went into practice law, I thought I was going into a profession where I was going to help people, right? The main reason I went into law was to help people. Ironically, I wanted to work in sports and entertainment, but then ended up doing wills and probate. Now, isn't the uh, irony and uh, that hilarious? Uh, <laughs> uh, that's really <laughs> So funny. I dealt with it on the front end and now I can be like, yep, yeah, look, Uncle Joe is very upset that you didn't get the money, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. What about if we take a little turn towards deja vu dreams. Um, I have a lot of reoccurring dreams, a lot of which are the textbook ones that it doesn't take a medium, a psychic, or, or a rocket scientist to figure out, you know, the teeth falling out, or I'm late to my final exam in college, which was only 30 years ago, you know, that <laughs> kind of stuff. But what about when people come to you in dreams, or you're having a deja vu? Oh my God, like I'm in the middle of a deja vu, right? Like, is that any kind of energy trying to seep in to tell us something? Or is that as my grandmother, may she rest in peace, would call like a Bubba Misa. What is that all about, Kristen? Reoccurring dreams, people coming to you in your dreams. Is that a message coming through? Deja vu. Here we go again. I always say like deja vu all over again. What are your thoughts on that? Sure. So people coming to you in your dreams, if they're past and they're healthy form and they show up in your dream, that is actually a visitation from them. So mm -hmm. some people get very hung up like, you know, my people aren't coming to me because they're expecting them to come into a dream. But, you know, that's when all the signs and everything else are come into play. They're not always going to show up in a dream. However, if they are in good physical health and you recognize them looking healthy, that's truly a visitation from them. So uh -huh. there's that piece. Deja vu uh, is very interesting to me. I don't totally know, but one point I read where it's like, it's a reminder that you're in the right place, like you are where you're supposed to be. I don't know if that's true, um, but I haven't done a ton of studying into dreams. I think that with like psychic and mediumship, there are different things that we focus on more so, and dreams are not something I've spent a ton of time on other than knowing that, you know, visitations do happen. That is real. And I'd like people to know it's real, right? Like if that was a healthy person and you also remember the dream, like, you'll never forget it, right? Yeah. Have you yeah. had any of those where you like yes. still remember the yeah. dream? Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because there are some dreams where 
I could tell you every little detail, you know, as they say, the devil's in the detail, right? But at the same time, there's other dreams where I wake up and I'm like, oh, I want to remember that. And then boom, gone. And you can't, even if you try to put your head back down on the pillow to be like, no, go back to the dream. And then it's, it's gone. So and it, that's and it was that those were the ones that were so vivid. You yeah. were like you were in it to win it, and then you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm going to remember everything, and then boom, you like almost see it like going out of your head. Those are yeah. I want to see if I can articulate this question the right way. So I'm going to apologize in advance if it comes out a little unpolished. You were talking about visitation. What if you have a scenario where? you in this present world are very connected to another person in this physical world, right? We're both alive, seemingly so. But one of their loved ones has passed away. You never met them, but they talk about them all the time. And you really feel as though you know that person vis-a-vis the other physical person that, that you are connected to here. And you now in an effort to connect more with your physical friends, person, whomever, you feel a need or a desire to connect with their loved one. But that loved one has no fucking idea who you are. You've never met them. Is that like level two? Like, you know, is that like advanced? Is that like honors or I, you know, I have a master's. Like, how does that happen if it does happen at all? Or is it all bets are off because you didn't know that person in in this stratosphere? So I'm glad you asked that question because I get that a lot where I will do readings and I'm like, well, it feels like a grandfather. And they're like, yeah, but I never met my grandfather. Right. So it gets dismissed and it's like, no, but they actually have a message for you because they can see you from, from the other side. So although you've never met that person, it doesn't mean that they can't come through and have a message for you. Even if there was no intergenerational, like I'm not talking family, I'm talking someone who's seemingly you no could be a stranger to that person. Yeah, I think it's still the same. You know, it's oh. still again energy where they can, you know, connect through. And there have been times where I've had some, you know, people be like, oh, well, that sounds like my husband's grandmother that you're talking about who I never met, you know. And right. so then it can still get a message that way too. Okay. So can a spirit, can they send a message through somebody else to the living? So if it like, let's just use, you know, hypotheticals here. My father through a friend's mom who passed. If the friend's mom showed up to the friend, you know, to my best friend who's living, let's say, could my father send a message through the d- deceased mom to my friend for me? Or for, do you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. It- likely, I think it would just, your father would just go straight to your friend. They're just trying to get to the closest living person, right? So they're not going to go. I mean, I don't know. Again, you know, this is, I don't believe they would need to go all those different ways. Like, hey, he would just go to the front. Like, he's not going to tap the spiritual shoulder of somebody else to then go down, right? Like, I mean, maybe he's too busy to want to, like, listen, I got to go someplace else. So could you just, like, send this message? If you're going there anyway, (laughs) could you just, you know, pick me up a bagel? Right, exactly. (laughs) That's why I was wondering. Yeah, I think I think they go to try to go to the most direct route, but that happens a lot. Like in especially in the group readings that you'll see where somebody will be like, you know, does anybody recognize this person? They'll be like, well, that sounds like my friend's mom, but the friend isn't even at the event. And it's like, okay, well, can you give the message to your friend from her mom? And then it gets relayed that way. Gotcha. Interesting. Kristen, do you have a first memory or a defining moment for you when 
we started this conversation by saying that you felt as though you knew you could do it because you started doing the research and studying and you went to the shaman and said, I I think I kind of, you know, this could be my jam. Is there anything that sticks with you on a day in and a day out that's like what you point to as maybe like your North Star or your guiding light that keeps you in check, but keeps you humble too, because it's your reminder from how this all began? Yeah, I feel like it's really my dad. You know, like that is kind of how we started with all of this, starting when I was 18. And my dad was a really hard worker and really he was a criminal defense attorney, but always was there to help people. And now looking back, I'm like, God, he was very intuitive. He knew what he was doing, like on a whole Mm -hmm. different level. And so he was really a phenomenal criminal defense attorney and always remained very humble. And I feel like I'm in the same way of being in service, but of a different kind. And so I'm just grateful for learning from him in the physical world and now also learning from him in the spiritual world. So I know now I've had readings from other mediums who tell me that he's very proud of me and the work that I'm doing and that I've gotten out there to do this. So I think that that's definitely a guiding light for me. So I want to check in. I am finding this all fascinating, and I hope our audience and listeners are too. I want to check in with Rachel and just see, do you have like a whole more long list of this stuff? Are we going to have to make this two episodes? Like fill me in because I'm just wondering where we're at in your mind. No, you covered so much. I could keep going. I feel like we've kind of crossed the gamut, if you will. Crossed over? Um, We have not crossed over here. But just one or two things I just want to touch on because I kind of also am wondering, like, is anyone here? Like, hello, hello, hello. Is anyone out there? Like, have any of our people kind of showed up? Which you can answer that after. But do mediums know mediums? Like, if you were to walk in a room, Kristen, can your energy pick up on like, oh, you see that lady over there or that guy in the corner? He too has the same craft that I do. And he's a psychic medium or she's a psychic medium or, or am I making that up? I believe you can feel other people's energy, right? So it could be drawn into maybe like, oh, that person has interesting energy. And sometimes when giving a reading, I'll be like, oh, actually you're very intuitive or you have the same abilities. And they'll be like, yeah, I do. So it's, Mm -hmm. I think it's more about the energetics of what you feel. I wouldn't necessarily walk in and look around and be like, oh yeah, there's one, not necessarily, (laughs) right? Like, unless I'm like kind of just tuning in more to energy. Right. I'm fascinated. I could just keep going and going and going and going and going. And Uh I wish we had more time. Kristen, you are welcome back on our show any day of the week. I mean, Wednesday or otherwise. Like every day she wants you is what she's saying. So fascinating. I'm hoping you'll allow us to put your contact information on the bottom of our episode notes. But real quick, how do our listeners find you if they want to, quote unquote, connect with you? Yes, you can find me on Facebook, Kristen Swinehart Medium. I'm also on Instagram, Kristen Swinehart. And I do have a booking page, but if you message me through one of those, I can get you the link. Fantastic. Amazing. So to the listeners out there, if you want to get in touch with someone that you want Kristen to get in touch with and have a little conversation unpolished or otherwise, you can reach Kristen Swinehart. We will link the details to the episode notes. This has been, of all of our 90-some-odd episodes, this has definitely been up there as one of my favorites. I always say a guest of the show is a friend of the show. Kristen, you are a friend of ours now for eternity and then some, even when we do cross over. (laughs) We just Um, won't know how to get to you without you, but that's okay. I hope you'll come back. 
I'm putting you on speed dial now for all my questions. But thank you so much for spending time connecting with our loved ones and really just opening up our eyes and answering our own questions that we've had. You did hit the nail on the head for me. And again, I could keep going and going. I might call you when we're off air. But thank you so much for hanging out with us on the corner of Audacity and Advice. My wheels got spun upside down. I'm pretty sure Dr. B's wheels got spun upside down. Absolutely. And uh, we'll look forward to catching you next time. Next week, everyone, it is spring break. We're going to take the week off. We'll meet you here, though, on the corner of Audacity and Advice the last week in March. So from Dr. Boca and myself, and of course, Kristen, be good, stay healthy, stay strong. And if you need us, you know how to reach us, unpolishedtherapy at gmail.com at Unpolished Therapy on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to cross over to the other side of Twitter, you can find us at Untherapy on Twitter. Thanks, everyone. Have a wonderful, wonderful week or so. And we'll see you next time. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone. Like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage. <laughs> <laughs>